Don't Starve, a charming survival game where adorable Tim Burton-esque characters are thrown into a hostile world where they must survive the night, maintain their sanity, and most importantly, stay fed. Can our hosts and their wonderful guest make a story out of this game? Find out on this episode of Game Reel. Welcome to Game Reel. This is your host, Annika Gatormson. I am here with my friends. I'm Cassidy. I'm Matt. This is the show where three college grads write movies about their favorite video games. And today, something very special is happening. We are here with our first ever guest and friend of the show, Amanda O'Connor. Say hi, Amanda. Hello. Today, we're talking about the games Don't Starve and Don't Starve Together. Don't Starve is a survival-based game created by the indie developers Clay Entertainment. This might be Clay's biggest hit, but you might also know them from the Steam game Grifflands from 2019, which is a card-based game. So, you know, very different from the game Don't Starve. Mm -hmm. Don't Starve was initially released in 2013 with a multiplayer sequel titled Don't Starve Together, released in 2016, which is... A very similar game, but you play it with friends. In the original game, you play as a character named Wilson, who is forced to farm, mine ore, and do everything in your power to avoid the night and not starve. In the original game, Don't Starve, you play against an antagonist named Maxwell, and he has a henchman named Charlie. In the sequel, Don't Starve Together, the main antagonist is just this ghost named Charlie. Um, admittedly, it is a kind of intimidating game at first glance. It's the kind of game that refuses to teach you anything at the start. Uh, kind of similar to Minecraft, actually, to be honest. But it's a beautiful game that is drawn in a very Tim Burton-esque style, and it's super fun to figure out with friends. Uh, the first time I played it, I t honestly didn't really <laughs> enjoy it because I was very confused. And then I kind of figured out more things over time, and it became a very fun game for me it's a very um, relatable experience yeah <laughs> i think the first time it was with amanda and i was like this gave me so much anxiety but we all played again together yesterday and it was fun mm -hmm. it made me so sad when you said it gave you anxiety which i should have known <laughs> i should have understood because it just thrust you into that world and it's like figure it out and also if you play with people who've already played they're they're focused on surviving they're not really mm -hmm. walking through it yeah. So I was just like, I failed him. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, with each character, it seems like you have, like, a different play style and focus, and, like, oh, you yeah. kind of just have to figure that out. Absolutely. I guess we'll get into it at some point, but some characters are honestly so OP, and some are straight-up detrimental. Yeah. <laughs> you mean Wes? <laughs> you mean Wes is straight-up detrimental? Wes, the robot whose name I can remember right now, and even Wigfred. Yesterday mm. was my first time playing a character besides Wigfred Weber. God. <laughs> Actually, this brings me into our next point, which is usually at this point, everyone will go around and say their favorite character from the game. So why don't we just jump into that? Who are y'all's favorite characters uh, aesthetically, design-wise, and to actually play? I'm a big fan of Wormwood. I don't know if I like to play him as much anymore because uh, 
they changed how farming works and now his like special ability is not the same but i still like him aesthetically he's this like little root man with like a crystal in his chest and he runs around and he sounds like a didgeridoo (laughs) and he uh he loses sanity when he picks he picks uh flowers or chops down trees but he gains sanity when he plants trees or plants like little seeds in the ground uh he's great i love him i like woody a lot i think he's like you know he's a fun little lumberjack guy i think (laughs) the fact that he has like his sentient wife question mark in his axe yeah it's pretty wacky and i i love any character that could like shapeshift or transform like i'll always play anything that does that and it's, it's just fun and wacky but it scares me too because your hunger and your health and everything goes down when you like transform back so i'm just kind of terrified the whole time playing him yeah, I didn't understand what happened to you when we were playing that one time and you turned into a turkey. I thought you were supposed to turn into like a werewolf or something, but you turned into a turkey and couldn't turn back. Yeah, so like originally I think you could only turn into a were beaver, but they also added a were moose and a were goose. And I was turning oh. into the were goose. And I had a lot of fun because I was really fast, but also yeah. I couldn't do anything. <laughs> If I remember correctly, the were beaver has the benefit of just being super tanky and strong, mm-hmm. but could you do anything as the goose? As the goose, you're just really fast, so I think if like you just want to scout, that's mm-hmm. like a good idea and that's what I did. <laughs> but then I ran out and I was really far away and so like I almost died. <laughs> but also you could you could craft like little artifacts so you could change at will. So I could see how they would be like more useful then. Oh. But also, like, you get super hungry when you transform back, so you have to have a lot of food on you. So you can't decide who you change into initially? Um, when you just fuck up a lot of wood, just, like, a shit ton of trees, you turn into a beaver, but at the full moon, I think it's random. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, some of these characters are really involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... All of these characters are, like, really detailed in how they play. Like, it's, it's a very... It's complicated in like a in a confusing way, but also like you have to appreciate the depth that they mm-hmm. put into everything. So my favorite character is Winona. Um, her design is my favorite. Actually, she's not even a part of the original game. She's specific only to Don't Starve Together. And mm-hmm. according to her lore, she's actually the older sister of Charlie. Charlie being the the main antagonist, the ghost that tries to kill you in the night. Um, but I just think Winona's fun to play because she's one of the few characters who can, um, like, tinker and build, and she builds, um, like, generators and spotlights and catapults, and I've played her a little bit on my own, and I think it's really fun to see the kind of stuff that she can make and how it, like, affects you in the game. Uh, what about you, Amanda? Do you have a favorite character? Um, I've been playing Don't Starve since high school, And like super instantly, just because of her aesthetic and her backstory, I was super attached and still am attached to Wigfrid. I actually have not played a different character besides Wigfrid in all these years until the last time we played when I tried Weber. Oh. Um, She sucks to play. Her backstory, (laughs) she is one of the worst characters that you could play because she is an anti-vegan. She can only eat meat. And especially in the early days when you don't come by a lot of meat, um, that's super difficult. And I pretty much am a liability to everyone I play with and spend the whole time starving. But there was just something about her, like 
she's spunky. She has got like an angry face. She she's super eccentric because you get her already, which is like the only benefit she has is that she comes basically with armor already. So Mm -hmm. in the cases where in the early days, you could really only get meat through combat. You could take more damage than other people. And she comes equipped with that already. Like her only benefit, because even her hunger is lower than everyone else's, which makes no sense to me. Um, But that outfit is because she's actually an actor. Like she's not a Viking. Uh, she has that Valkyrie outfit because she's an actor who's a method actor and she's studying for a role. So the entire time she's playing a character. And that's just so amazing to me. And she's just so, I don't know, she's just a silly little girl. And I just, <laughs> I just really love that about her. And I love her, the way her hair is drawn all like wild. She almost looks like Wendy's, like the Wendy's logo. But I don't know, she's just so fun. She has buck teeth. Um... And I was super instantly attached to her, and I've never, like, as inconvenient as she's always been all of the time I've played this game, I've never played anyone else but her. Because I'm so attached to her aesthetically and, like, to her, like, story. Mm-hmm. But I played Weber, and I'm a big... My sister uh, plays Weber. I play a lot with my sister, so I'm attached to Weber in a different way, where I kind of feel like they're, like, a team, since I play a lot with my sister. And after playing Weber yesterday... Also, he's just adorable. Yeah. He's really cute. If Wormwood didn't exist, Weber would have been my favorite. Yeah. He's definitely a uh, really useful one, too. He might be uh, going up in the ranks for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His flavor text is really fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, okay, I wrote this down because I, I was kind of disturbed, but he's a child that lives inside a spider that tried to eat him long ago. Oh. Yeah, Weber is like two two beings because that's why he speaks like Gollum. He's like, he's like we and us whenever he's like referring to himself. That's because he's a little boy inside of a spider that ate him. I didn't even know he was. <laughs> yeah, and so now he's like this two minded creature that like, I don't know. He seems at peace with it though. He seems to like being a spider human hybrid. I mean, good for him, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, from here, do we want to jump into pitches? I have more notes than pitches, and mm-hmm. I, I just have chaos. I have things where I'm like, it has to have these things. So I'm just, yeah. yeah. just going to listen, and I will... I'll be ready. You can, still, you can still pitch those as a pitch. I think sometimes there's been times where, like, a pitch has not necessarily been, like, a full pitch. It's just been, like... I like these two characters and I want them to be together. Yeah. yeah or something totally. like that. Yeah. I think that's I think... what our first episode was. We like didn't even go with any of our pitches and we just like kind of meshed everything together. Yeah. Yeah. Writing fan fiction out here. <laughs> oh yeah. That's totally. all the show is, man. You should listen to our recent episode. There's a lot of gay Mortal Kombat fan, fan fiction in that one. <laughs> I'll go first. Go ahead. Uh so here's my first one. These are both kids' action adventures because I think these should all be like Tim Burton-looking kids' movies. Mm-hmm. A lonely root's first brush with adventure leaves him with quite the appetite. Wormwood soon finds that his world is not what it seems. So this first one would just basically center around Wormwood and his whole like origin story. Well, origin story. One day, like, a, a rock falls from the moon, this, like, little green crystal, and then mm. a root wraps around it and becomes, like, a little root man. And it would be basically, like, the 
like the kind of Wally story where he's like really lonely and he doesn't know anything about the world. He just, you know, all he knows is like his little little area. And then all the adventurers, Wilson and uh, I, I think I wanted Wilson, Weber, Willow, Wigfred, and WX78, the robot. They would all like move through his area and then he'd see other people for the first time and he'd be like intrigued by that and then he'd follow them on their adventure and then, uh, I don't know, they'd they'd fight Maxwell or he'd learn about how his world is like all evil and shadowy because Maxwell created it or something. That would be, that would be, that's my first pitch. The second pitch is more Don't Starve 2 or Don't Starve Together. Winona finds the mystery behind her missing sister deepening as she is sucked into a portal to a strange world. It's up to her and a handful of odd strangers to uncover the secrets behind this dimensional mishap. And so this one would just be basically Winona's story of her being sucked into the portal and her and her friends like trying to figure out, or her and the survivors trying to figure out what's going on and where they are. And I think I think it would end in like them realizing that Maxwell isn't the one with all the power, that Charlie, her missing sister, is actually the one with all the power. Those are those are the pitches I've got. Uh, maybe I um, can go next then, because one of my pitches is very similar to yours. Hell yeah. Um, As is mine. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> the logline of my pitch is just Frozen 3. So, <laughs> in the vein of the Disney movie Frozen... Uh, Winona decides to go out um, and attempt to save her younger sister, Charlie, from the clutches of the evil Maxwell. Ideally, it would be a claymation movie similar to the style of the movie Coraline. And I Mm. think in it, it would be a movie, like an adventure where Winona has to, you know, team up with some of the other characters from the game and attempt to find and free her sister. You know, in the actual game, her sister, Charlie, is like, two she has like two halves so she has like a good side and an evil side and it'd be interesting to explore like um how winona copes with that and if she you know has to expel the evil or if maybe in the end they decide you know what it's okay to live with some evil within us and as long as the good wins out in the end and they teach charlie how to just how to deal with her inner demons and be a full and complete person <laughs> despite having so much going on within her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You evoked studio Laika. And now I'm like very much picturing that Charlie is like that, that ghost from the end of Paranorman. My pitches are two opposing groups of curious misfits fight to survive the forces of nature but can they survive long enough to realize that the biggest threat is more supernatural than natural? So I just I just wanted us to have like a Lord of the Flies-esque movie in which we take like our favorite characters and have them in separate uh, surviving groups and competing with each other. But in the end, you know, they realize that Maxwell's the true enemy and they all come together and fight him. And I also wanted Charlie to be um, a part of it and, like, maybe whispering stuff in their ears to, like, Mm -hmm. kill Maxwell. And the second one is to save their sister's souls, two young women enter a nightmarish wilderness where they find that sisterhood is what you make it. 
And so basically that would be Wendy and Winota's movie where they both try to solve, you know, the problems of their kind of demonic spiritual sisters thing. But I was thinking in the end they wouldn't really be able to save either of them, but they've grown so close together that they, you know, they become sisters themselves. I thought both of their stories were really sad, and so I just figured, yeah. you know, they'd, they'd be a good pair. That's so yeah, heartbreaking. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that maybe too too downer for this. <laughs> I really, you really chose... like it, but it's sad. You chose yeah. two characters whose sisters are just gone. One of them's dead, and the other one's in a dimension of shadows. <laughs> no, I love it. I love the chosen family aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I could stem off Matt's really easily with the ideas that I had. Actually, Matt's pitches, I feel like, could be combined. And the two groups maybe are Winona's and Wendy's. And they start off opposing each other, and then eventually they find that they are not each other's enemies. They have common ground, and they have that that has that chosen family aspect. But let me let me tell you this: mm-hmm. two words, mm-hmm. unreliable narrator. Ooh. My idea um, for this is to kind of capture aspects of the game, and. In the game, a huge, you know, you have your sanity, you have your hunger, um, and you have your... <laughs> freaking forgot. <laughs> what is it? Oh, your health. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Correct. All right. Um, so, you know, it's the idea that as this story progresses, these characters are losing their sanity. So there's a certain point where we don't know who's morally correct, and that was already muddy to begin with. Like, we don't know what's really going on or what is imagination we're in this magical world so you know to begin with like what what are what is real within the world even you know from the get-go it's just i don't know what's real unreliable narrator to the math max Mm -hmm. the movie should feel like what you feel like when you are playing with your friends yes stressful and hard (laughs) 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 yes i I love all those ideas though oh my god mm -hmm. my brain is going so fast it seems like we're almost all drawn to Winona as a main character. I feel like if you're gonna keep the original characters, mm-hmm. hmm, you could do like a, Ma- a Mad Max Fury Road thing where the recognized male character is Mad Max. Yeah. Oh, and in yeah, this yeah. case, it's um, what's his name, Wilson. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Wilson definitely has to be there. Definitely has to be presented as like a central figure we recognize. But then switcheroo in your face fuck you this movie's about winona as mad max is about furiosa yeah yeah well in the ending for the original don't starve i think it's that wilson like takes maxwell's like dark throne thing and he becomes like the new evil guy so maybe we could introduce like integrate him that way oh you want him to be the villain instead of charlie i think charlie's always there and always like kind of plotting to get herself into the throne because i think that's like she's the main villain and don't starve together like in the mm-hmm. adventure mode mm-hmm. so i think we should definitely keep her as a integral part to the plot i like the i like the mad max comparison though i think like i think it could start out with winona like getting sucked into the portal and then like the first person she encounters is like a grizzled and like bearded wilson we all recognize wilson but he's all like quiet and messed up because he's been in this dimension for like so long Mm -hmm. and he's like lost a lot of his sanity and so 
it's just like her trying to like wrangle him to like help her on this adventure i do like the trope of of and it also goes with found family like younger Mm -hmm. girl and older man like older 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 man have to tolerate each other and go on an adventure (laughs) yeah and then they find weber and they're like oh god (laughs) oh okay oh i definitely think weber should be part of like the squad that's in it especially after learning just earlier today his backstory (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i i think that idea of chosen family is so stuck in my head and like Mm -hmm. weber's backstory him almost being like a lost child within himself if he comes across these people there's something there yes i i totally agree with everything everyone's saying are we are we gonna do the 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 like two factions that fight against each other and then they form like a chosen family type situation are we leaning towards that i still like it Mm -hmm. and i also think that goes in turn with my idea of like unreliable narrator because if winona's in here with like the idea that she's going to rescue her sister the entire time but ultimately and then she meets let's say she meets wilson she's introduced to wilson as a villain but the villain was her sister all along Mm. That was going to be my question was is she going to know where Charlie is because I'll be real I didn't even know about Charlie until today when I was reading the wiki because I the only thing I'd ever heard about Charlie was that um when you close the game don't starve together the game gives you a little pop-up box that says Charlie will miss you mm-hmm. And I was like, who the hell is Charlie? Like, which character that I've seen is named Charlie? And then reading up on it, I was like, oh, Charlie is Winona's sister. And she's also, like, the thing in the dark that, like, does 100 damage to you if you're in complete darkness. And she's the one with the, like, the hands that reach out to grab your fire when you go insane enough. Mm-hmm. She's also, or was, uh, Maxwell's assistant, but then, like, she turned into, like, this shadowy beast when she went into the constant with him, mm-hmm. which I thought yeah. was really interesting. I think, I, I really like how, like, the, I don't know what you call it, like, when, like, you're at peak insanity and, like, everything's just darkness and monsters, I think it would be cool for us to have Winona, like, dip into that every so often and, like, maybe she could have, like distorted conversations with charlie but charlie's just trying to lead them there so she could do her like dark bidding or whatever and like as the villain like prey on her emotions and whatnot the entire time maybe they're looking for charlie but in these visions charlie's ultimately leading them to her so you're saying there would be two factions of surviving people i'm assuming one of them is led by Maxwell secretly because he's also like a shadowy stranger. Hmm. Um, and then one of them would be secretly led by Charlie, who is sort of leading them with Rem- or Ramona, Winona. Oh, but I have a question then because I thought that mm-hmm. Charlie was, I guess, in the lore that Charlie is his sidekick, kind of. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I think she, I think when he gets beaten, she like takes over or something and don't starve together. But this is this is our podcast. We can do whatever the hell we want with it. Yeah. Oh, maybe maybe Charlie's like leading her to destroying Maxwell, and Charlie's telling her it's like, if you destroy Maxwell, you can save me and I'll be freed from him. 
And then once she is freed from him, she's like, yeah, I am freed from him. I'm all powerful now. I have his power and I'm like, I'm a being of shadow or whatever. That makes sense. Then where does the Wendy Abigail squad come in and trying to first protect Maxwell and then coming together? Like, what's their motivation? Well, who is in the squad is the real question. Well, I think if it's led by Wendy and Abigail and they have almost like they're like a foil to Winona and Charlie, Mm -hmm. that it should be the motive should center around Wendy and Abigail and wherever that comes into Mm -hmm. play with their relationship to Maxwell. Well, I in in my initial picks uh, or pitch with Wendy and Winona, I would imagine Wendy's entire motivation is to find a way to resurrect Abigail. Is that what Maxwell has promised her? Perhaps, yeah. And then on the opposing side could probably be WX78 because he's a robot and he does whatever. I think maybe even Charlie invented him. I saw, like, blueprints for him and, like, Winona's uh, cinematic. So on the protagonist side, we have Winona... We have Charlie kind of speaking to her through visions. We should definitely have the robot if he's a creation of Charlie and like maybe like all these people and things that Winona thinks she's finding by coincidence on her mm-hmm. squad side um, mm-hmm. are actually kind of all influenced or manipulated by Charlie. So the robot should be on her team. And then Wilson as our recognizable Mad Max type character who is un- is reluctant to help because he's jaded and doesn't like this battle anymore and just wants to do his own thing do we want weber on the side of good or the the side of maxwell i think weber should be on wendy and abigail's side i don't know if there should be anything complicated about it he's just a kid and he's friends with wendy (laughs) (laughs) yeah It, it was very easy for maxwell to coerce him and wendy's cool he can relate to her. She also has sort of two entities with her all, at all times. He's like, oh, you talk to yourself too. We do that also. <laughs> I imagine yeah. he yeah. doesn't even really understand like what's at play larger between Maxwell. Or, like They probably don't... I'm assuming they don't really know how evil Maxwell is. They just, she yeah. just yeah. wants to get mm-hmm. her sister back and, and Weber's just... <laughs> Weber's just a kid in a spider. Yeah, that's just, her, that's just his friend. Mm-hmm. He's just a kid in a spider, you know? We're all kids in a spider at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> or a frog. <laughs> oh, man. The next character they release should be frog-related. Oh. Oh. That'd be sick. That kind of I mean, leads me to the idea that, you know, I feel like there's some integral, like, things that they should encounter. Like, they have to fight hounds. They have to fight a tree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What were those big, like wintery cyclops guys oh the deer clops <laughs> yeah. oh my god a deer clops for sure we've like figured out the competing sides mm-hmm. but i don't think we figured out their competing motivations so like why specifically maxwell and charlie are working against each other in this film is it just because they both want power or is there like something deeper that's at play underneath i think Charlie definitely wants to like replace Maxwell. Mm-hmm. She wants to like usurp mm-hmm. him. Cause I, I think as it stands at like the beginning of the movie, she's like, she's pretty much not that powerful. She's a ser- She's like, yeah, she's a servant of Maxwell. She is the assistant. So I think mm-hmm. like Winona's motivation going is, 
going in is to save her and Charlie is secretly manipulating her to like usurp Maxwell when it's time. What was Maxwell's motivation in the original adventure mode for the game? I don't know I if he, he just has evil. one. Yeah. yeah. I think he just like randomly scoops people into his dimension and just like plays this little game with them. Mm-hmm. Because it seems like he himself was like kind of a pawn or like working for like the them, which is like their whole like this universe's thing for like the elder gods. Yeah. I mean, that can be part of it. That can be just like he is just enacting their will and Charlie wants to rank up. She doesn't want to be the assistant anymore. She wants to be the, the new conduit of them. I, I haven't finished the game. From what I'm reading, it seems like. According to the lore, Maxwell is stuck to this throne and forced to be evil by this force that is, like, beyond him. And he needs, he's, like, guided you to him because he wants to be released, but he doesn't have the power to release himself, like, on his own. He needs help, basically. And then Mm -hmm. once you release him, he Mm -hmm. immediately dies. So I don't know if that's something that we want to incorporate or if we just want to, like, kind of push that part of the lore away for the sake of the story i think that's absolutely useful to incorporate because that gives him like the motive as to why he would employ and like have this promise to wendy about her sister mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. why he wants to lead them all there or he wants to lead one of them there if they all come along you know that's on them <laughs> that's like their thing mm-hmm. it doesn't interfere with his plan necessarily i made a list of who i think should be on each team <laughs> <laughs> let's hear it Team A is Wilson, um, the robot whose name I cannot remember because it is a series of letters and numbers. Winona and Willow. Mm, yeah. yeah. Willow, just for the fact that I feel like hit her and uh, Wilson like are a pair, like they're always yeah. Like, yeah. with each other to have Wilson without Willow, especially if you're making a Don't Starve cinematic universe, <laughs> seems strange to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so then on the other team, we got Wendy, Weber, Woody. Ooh, yeah. The librarian whose name I can't remember. Wickerbottom. Wickerbottom. And Wigfred, because I put Wigfred in there. Uh, I joked about it being just because she's like a personal attachment. Um, but realistically, I put her in there because I wanted Wendy to have someone that seems more around her age. Actually, mm-hmm. Wigfred might be older than Wendy. Weber and Wendy might be the same age. I can't really tell how old Wendy is. I think Wigfred's definitely like an adult because she was like a, a stage actor who rose to huge fame and has like a big manner where she gets like abducted by Maxwell. Well, that would make sense why she would be on the opposing side. But yeah, she wants her fame back. Definitely leaving her in on that team. I don't know what's Wickerbottom's deal. What's up with Wickerbottom? She's all about knowledge. She didn't have a uh, like a, a cinematic, so I really don't know much about her. Mm. I know she has got magic books that she can use in the game. So it seems like everyone, like all the player characters, generally want the same thing of to getting to this. I don't I don't know what it's called, like the dark palace or whatever, mm-hmm. and returning to their normal lives. So why would they want to? Like, what would their reasons be to like fight each other? Like in the wilderness like as we get to that point because as we started they're not fighting necessarily for what they're leading up towards is their own motives right but Mm -hmm. ultimately 
to get that they're fighting underneath someone else and those two people have them against each other charlie and maxwell yeah because i think on the protagonist side winona just wants to save charlie wilson probably doesn't want anything wx78 is a robot so he does whatever wilson says and then willow is maybe just i don't know what's willow's deal (laughs) she's probably just staying with wilson because he's her like closest friend or something well if we integrate the idea that Wilson was kind of like set aside and doomed by Maxwell. Uh, Wilson could be here begrudgingly for the idea or potential of revenge. Willow is here because she's sickened by Wilson's side. Winona's here for Charlie. And uh, the robot is here because Charlie is behind the scenes manipulating like all the decisions that, or influencing, let's say more like the decisions that Winona is making and that robot is almost like a pawn of hers because she did create him. Oh yeah. She could totally like possess him for like brief periods of time to like talk to her. We have this cast. Where do we start? We, I, I guess we naturally start with Winona, like, you know, exposing that Winona has this like big, you know, Charlie day, like cork board with, you know, mm-hmm. strings all over it. And, looking for clues about her disappeared sister who disappeared like a decade ago. And then eventually like the accident in her factory that leads to her, like, you know, getting sucked into a portal, basically just Winona's cinematic right up until she gets sucked in. And then, and then what? I think she's woken up by Wilson. Yeah. I think she should be woken up by the robot and that they meet their opposing side during some conflict with one of like the beast or like mob yeah like maybe they're fighting them and then things start to go down because they're getting possessed by abigail and they're all like what's going on here and then you know team b shows up that's what i'm calling them in my head team b yeah i think i think i think winona should have like a clue that charlie's out here and that charlie wants saving and then maybe maybe there's like some kind of info dump from Wilson or someone about like, oh yeah, we all want something here, but we're all kind of in the stalemate with these others that are like, you know, also living in, in harmony, quote unquote, with this hostile world. Would it be too on the nose to say that when she falls into the portal, Winona just has like a vision of her sister or something um, trapped inside this world? No, I don't think so. I mean, in the in her cinematic, she sees her sister's face, and then her sister like pulls her in. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I, what if rather than following the story exactly, she doesn't accidentally end up in this portal? She's actively she knows Charlie's here, and she's she purposely mm. puts herself into this world. Maybe during like the the initial action that I think we discussed, like she has like a moment with the robot whose name eludes me, and like for a second. <laughs> His eyes like turn purple or something and like in Charlie's voice he says something like find me or something like that. Oh, I like that a lot. Or maybe it's even something more cryptid because if she's already well, I don't know if you're that in that scenario you're going with the idea that she she has launched herself purposely into this world to find her sister. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's just a clue that she knows it's something only Charlie would know. Like it's an insider between them that the robot says. Ooh. Yeah, what if what if like the thing the robot says is like find me in the darkness or something like that? Mm. And she doesn't know what that means. And then she eventually meets our like, you know, 
our protagonists, our heroes, and they're all like, oh yeah, don't go into the darkness. The darkness will kill you. Then maybe she'll like let the hands that like reach at the fireplace take her for a second. She got like, like a in the darkness. Yeah. The hands yeah. yeah. I don't know what happens when the hands take you. I'm I've always really been real real careful with them hands. <laughs> I think they just take your fire to try and put your fire out. I think they also just fuck you up. Yeah, they make you insane for sure. So she gets that clue, she meets our protagonists. Um, there's probably some kind of info dump on the world from Willow or Wilson, one of them, about like how they're all trapped here and they were tricked by this evil entity named Maxwell um, and that he controls the darkness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe then... she'll ask about, like, is there anyone named Charlie here? That exposition is super oh. useful because as soon as they meet the other the others, they'll have, you know the notion of maxwell's bad news if you guys are working for maxwell yeah friends yeah. of mine D- does this side already know about the the people who are working for maxwell well no they don't they meet them no, no. and then maybe through like okay you just we just fought against whatever monster Tree, in this world Tree Guardian. and you're the only other people in here i assume what's going on with you guys oh yeah maybe maybe there's like there's like a scene where like all of the new adventures and wilson are like walking through the world and then they come across a big fight with this like other group of people and they're fighting like matt you said like a tree guardian and they help them out and they beat the tree guardian or they just save them from it and then that's when they learn about like how they're affiliated with maxwell I like the idea that Team M saves them because I feel like it'd be really cool if you could have this scene where we really much believe that one of our characters is in danger and like this mm, is it yeah, for them yeah. and then boom the tree guardian is possessed by Abigail and we're like yeah Abigail comes mm. and then a horde of spiders is summoned by Weber and who else is on that team Woody Woody becomes Woody. a were beaver he, he could be a beaver eats, yeah he eats the the tree guardian's leg big Avengers moment yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I'm I'm assuming Wilson is like not down to clown with anything. He's just like bitter trying to survive. About being, yeah, he's just like bitter about being stuck here for decades and just being like, you know, or just decade. I guess I don't know how old Wilson is. And he's just like, you know, you guys shouldn't get your hopes up. There's no reason. There's no way any of us are leaving this place. I've seen people come through here and I've seen them die. Very Mad Max. Hope is a hope is a mistake or whatever he says. This is why I said Monster House vibes, because I do want it to be really dark and bleak, and, like, Monster House leaves you with that feeling of emptiness, (laughs) you know? I thought Monster House ended in a nice way. It does, but it introduces a lot of very much not nice things beforehand, and I think, you know, like we suggested, this one is going to end really bittersweet as well. So does Monster House. Like, in Monster House, they learned that this, like, man and his wife were basically in monster house okay i'm gonna break it down like super quickly so there's a haunted house there's Mm -hmm. all this lore about it about this like crogety old man that lives in this house this old man has a heart heart attack he's like sent to the hospital everyone thinks he's dead the kids explore the house the house is alive and it's all because the house has this vendetta because it was previously a fat woman who worked at the circus and was harassed her entire life because you know society is fat phobic and Mm -hmm. also you know aggressive towards anyone who has any disability or any difference and she is she's applied to be foreign and also can't communicate as well and her only like 
friend in this world is that old man who was her husband. They met at the circus and fell in love, and he's the only one who's ever taking care of her. So um, you get a flashback where these kids are being super shitty to her in the past, and it's while they're constructing the house. Like, he has taken her from the circus. He's rescued her. They're in love. They built a house together. But again, society is terrible and fatphobic, and... And they basically end up killing her. Because of these kids fucking around with her, she like lands in the cement and she's like buried alive in cement and her body is solidified that way and her soul haunts this house. And the kids find her body like in the monster house, like back in like the present, like the new kids that are, you know, having this like altercation with the house itself, find her body. And there's a scene where her body is like encased in cement they touch it or something and it starts to crumble and her skeleton is there and then she comes for revenge on the whole town like that was like the last straw and the monster house with her soul is wreaking havoc but then the old man comes back from the hospital they have a very lovely moment the monster house is literally about to murk these kids and the old man is like don't i love you and it ends sweetly but there's a lot of very not sweet things happening Mm-hmm. He also blows her up with a piece of dynamite. Oh, too, yeah, right? they try to blow her up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that absolutely does happen. Mr. Nevercracker, right? That's his, his name. name, yeah. I do not remember any of that from Monster House. It's <laughs> a very good movie. Monster House is incredible. You need to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Okay, yeah. I, I like that vibe being like incorporated into this, into this story. I think also... Monica, your comparison to Coraline is is, is really mm-hmm. on the nose. Not on the nose, but it's like very accurate to the kind of vibe of Dome Star mm-hmm. in general and like I yeah, guess what yeah. we're going towards. Because Coraline is also very dark. Like of course it's oh it's like a fairy tale, so it's like for children, but It was written by like Neil Gaiman. It was like terrifying. Yeah. 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 That guy who was at our graduation. Yep. <laughs> he was so cynical. I was watching that with my parents and my grandparents, and they literally were like, why'd they hire... They don't know who he is. <laughs> I don't even think I watched that, I don't think. I liked him. I liked it a lot, too, but they were literally like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> he was the only part that I liked about that day. It was... Yeah. I don't remember that at all. It was on the website. Oh, it was on the website. I thought it was a live event. I was like... No. No, it was live. You could tell me anything about my graduation, man. I would believe you. I don't remember that period of my life literally at all. (laughs) Anyway, continuing with uh, Don't Starve. Where we left off was the group is attacked by a tree guardian, and then the B team shows up and saves them from near death. Do we... I don't think we decided what... Whether the... These this group or these two groups eventually like initially get along or whether there's like immediately hostility that's what i was just thinking like as soon as they find out they're working for maxwell i feel like it's immediate hostility but i feel Mm -hmm. like we need an important point of like why is there a switch like why do they start working together at some point Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think it should definitely be like one of those situations where you slowly realize you're in the house of a serial killer where it's like you hit it they they all hit it off with each other at first and they're like oh yeah we've been stuck in this crazy world for like a few weeks but hey we're glad to see other people are here uh and then they like team up for a little bit mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. while they're at their camp they slowly realize like oh these guys are working for maxwell and we don't maxwell is bad news and then 
that's when the shift happens. The shift where they come back together could be right at the climax where like let's say they've already found Charlie but then Winona's realizing like I have been manipulated to be here this entire time and Charlie is a lost cause mm-hmm. yeah what would make the B team turn on Maxwell like I guess it would have to be like evidence of him lying to them I feel like all the revelations happen like right when they like finally get to the place where they're both being led mm. into whatever yeah. Is there a name for like Maxwell's little castle where the throne is? Um, I don't know. The nightmare dimension. When Winona, when A Team has the revelation and Winona realizes that she's been manipulated this entire time and Charlie is a lost cause, I would like if there was a uh, a parallel to when they were when they initially met and they were saved by B Team and now A Team saves um, B Team from Maxwell's clutches. Hmm. That's good. I I have a suggestion, and we don't have to use it. Um, maybe the thing that causes the B team to realize that Maxwell is lying to them is, I think, playing off this idea that someone had earlier of Wendy wanting to resurrect Abigail. Maybe, like you know, in order to keep her on the team, Maxwell's been like feeding Wendy things to like. And saying, like, oh, if you do this and this and this, then she'll come back. And so there reaches a point where finally Wendy has, you know, gathered all the materials that she's being told should bring Abigail back. But it actually completely backfires and maybe she loses Abigail or or something like that. Or they're actually the materials have whatever it is that Maxwell wants. I forgot exactly how Cassidy described it. Like, basically, he, like, wants someone to take his place. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Like these yeah. things aren't going to bring Abigail back. They're going to benefit Maxwell and give him what he wants. And like Wendy realizes it's too late. Abigail tries to save her, dies in the process. Ooh. A team comes and saves her chosen family. Abigail <laughs> dies? Abigail dies. I'm like okay. The ghost, with, you mean? I'm okay. The with ghost Abigail dies, dies. Yeah. I need at least one um, major character death. I really want people to be sad. <laughs> I, I actually liked what you said with like it being a parallel scene to like the B team being introduced where it's like the B team maybe it's like when they finally find Maxwell and they like are in his domain they like are about to like give him what he wants like because they think he's going to give them what they want but really he's just tricking them into like beating him and like taking over the throne for him and so they're, they're in the middle of this big fight with Maxwell and they're about to beat him and that's when A team jumps in and like stops them from killing Maxwell. Like, wait, stop! Don't do it! And they like stop them and save them. I think then they all have to come together afterwards to defeat Charlie. Then yeah, I think in the yeah. end, like in the end, somehow Charlie should use the death of one of them in order to like give herself enough power to beat Maxwell while they're not looking, and then she takes like all the power for herself. And then, then that's like the mm-hmm. the like Infinity War type ending where it's like they think they've won, and then all of a sudden Charlie comes in and just like becomes absolutely powerful and just banishes them all to a different dimension or something. And I think that works if Abigail's the one to die, and Charlie mm-hmm. consumes that power because you know in the game Abigail is super freaking OP. She's very powerful. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So that so we've got most of the beginning. And then the end. What happens in between? We've got like them meeting B team, them like getting to know B team, and then realizing that they work for Maxwell. What happens after that? I think the only part we need to really flesh out is 
what you described as them realizing they are in the home of a serial killer. I think that would be just like them, like when they, when B team takes A team back to their base, they like realize like, oh, there's like a statue of Maxwell here, and like, oh, wait a minute, they keep mm-hmm. talking about this Maxwell guy as if he's a good thing, and then eventually like there's some kind of tense moment or something, and then they have to like leave. I would imagine what's in between that and the ending with them like having to survive the winter and competing for you know resources and stuff like that mm-hmm. and collecting whatever they need to find and get to the the dark palace i think i think they should have that final altercation during the winter too and maybe if they are you know they decide oh man no we don't mess with you they've been competing for resources this entire time what leads them to wherever Maxwell's hideout is, is something that they need during the winter that they both go out to find. Well, I think, I think Maxwell's whole thing is he's in like this weird shadow dimension, right? What if one of the things that happens is that Wickerbottom during the, the, the time that has passed has been like researching all the stuff that Maxwell has been telling her to research and then she figures out like a way like a place they need to go or like a thing they need like a ritual they need to do that will take them to Maxwell and like Charlie tells them about this and it's like hey you guys need to like sneak in there and get that ritual and do it yourselves because if they get to Maxwell then he's going to be unstoppable I think that works yeah I think that works and it incorporates Wickerbottom, who we've been neglecting until now. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think that can involve that can probably involve like a fun scene where a team like sneaks into the does a stealth mission. I think in that scene, um, Woody should be aware Beaver Watchdog. Oh yeah, yeah. And maybe maybe Weber finds them out because he's like on the ceiling, like in a cobweb or something like that. I think it should like I think there should be some conflict and I think they they should probably get caught and there's like some fighting. I think so too, but I think rather than a were beaver, Woody should intend to turn into a were beaver so he could and turn, turn into a goose. useful, but he accidentally turns into a goose. Okay. And, and then he and then he raises a big alarm because he's a loud goose. Yeah. But nobody knows why he's doing it because he's a goose. And there's a moment of confusion. Also, we add a little comedic spice to this. If we're gonna make it super uber depressing at the end. Nah, we're, this is just gonna be a trudge for these kids watching this at home. That's <laughs> kill. She's already dead, and we've presented this whole story with the hope that she's gonna bring this ghost back. No, the ghost <laughs> dies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, kids. I like Weber finding them, because that would mean that that could also lead to them getting like captured, and then like forced to witness the ritual. Oh, he like drops webbing on them or something in the ceiling. Yeah, like him and a bunch of spiders like descend on them and like wrap them up in webbing or something. Oh no. And that gives them incentives so they all end up at the same place. Mm-hmm. Like their mission mm-hmm. is unsuccessful. Oh, okay. So then the only thing is that leaves a plot hole because it doesn't explain then why I'm thinking, why would they bring, if they tie them up with webs and they're going into the shadow realm and they were trying to get them to not be with them, like, why would they bring them along? Maybe the portal just gets way bigger than they thought it would and it just sucks them all in by accident. I'm thinking it has to be, like, an accident, which is fine. And then I guess when they get there, Maxwell eventually reveals that he lied to all of them because that's... 
I think the fact that he lied to them would be their the B team's impetus to start fighting him. And I guess maybe what starts it all is him like killing Abigail. Maybe Maxwell just wounds Abigail so that Abigail's like a ghost like damaged on the floor and then Charlie can absorb her later after the conflict with Maxwell is resolved. Oh, I I was thinking that the death of Abigail would be like a really I don't know, I feel like her being absorbed by Charlie has to be like a really huge thing. It can't just be like an afterthought that happens after the fight. I don't I'm thinking maybe I don't know, maybe Maxwell attempts to kill Abigail because he wants power from her and then Charlie jumps in and does a kill a kill still in the last second. It should be some it should be like a turning point in the battle. Yeah, I think so. Well, remember it's almost after the battle when they've defeated Maxwell and they believe that they're going to make it out of here fine and then Charlie reveals like I'm the big baddie actually he 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 um Mm -hmm. and then I feel like that reveal is a big enough thing on its own and it's totally different from the success of a battle that we could focus in on her absorption of, of Abigail as this big deal along with it Whatever happens, I think they should decide not to kill Maxwell because they know that if they do that, they will be sucked into his position and they will be on the throne. I'm just trying to think of like how the turning point happens because it seems a little awkward for like Charlie, who has not done much besides talk to Winona at this point, uh, to like suddenly just kill Abigail and then turn around and shoot Maxwell. Like, I feel like at some point during the battle, she needs to absorb Abigail's power or something, and then at the very at the very last moment, use that to, like, destroy Maxwell. Maybe during the fight, uh, Maxwell wounds Abigail, and then Charlie does a thing where it seems like she's healed Abigail, but really it's more like she's kind of used her ghostly body is a pu- is like a hand puppet and they don't realize that she's like fully absorbing her power now Ooh, that would be a huge reveal too Ooh. maybe it's like a really dramatic moment and when Winona- it's like a growing moment for winona and wendy where like winona looks at wendy who's like about to lose her sister again mm-hmm. and and charlie's like listen i can help her and it's gonna give you guys the edge in this fight and she like oh. she like mm-hmm. she like says goodbye. She's like says goodbye to Winona, allegedly like is absorbed into Abigail's form, and then Abigail is like spectrally healed somehow, and she's like more powerful. And then she beats Maxwell, and then like when it when everything is resolved, and Wilson's like, wait wait wait, nobody kill him, stop. He's powerless here. He's he's not as powerful as we all think he is. He's just. He's just trying to trick us into taking his place and some stuff where he, like, stops everyone from killing Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're like, okay, we won't. But then Abigail slash Charlie carries along anyways and they're confused momentarily. And yeah, then that's yeah. when Charlie does her big re- Yeah, then, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what, like, we see it, like, once they've, once ever, the dust has settled and everyone's, like, kind of calmed down, meaningful words have been said to one another that's when abigail is like revealed to actually be charlie and she or she she kills maxwell first and then is revealed mm-hmm. it's actually charlie and she like yeah transforms into her like taller like shadow self right mm-hmm. there could yeah, be a thing where like wendy's like 
Abigail, what are you doing? And she's like, there is no Abigail anymore. Yeah, yeah. This is all very nefarious. And so then that's when uh, that's when Charlie transforms and banishes them at, with her newfound power. We're going to leave it on a cliffhanger? Why not? You know right. what? Honestly, that's not bad. Because if they have that heartfelt moment before it where they're like, oh, I like you. Like, we've all met together. We've fought together. We've survived this together. Like, there's something mm-hmm. here. That's not bad. We'll we'll think that Wendy and Winona at the end will have bonded over this, but no, Winona, Wendy is now super angry at Winona because her sister is still alive, but w- Wendy's sister is dead. Oh, Damn. yeah, yeah. It's a different Aww. director in the sequel, and they change everything <laughs> established in the first one. And it's just terrible and infuriating. Okay, yeah, we could we... just pass off the sequel to a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be so fun. I'll, I'll no, reach out to... So um, I'll reach out to Story Break and see what they yeah. can do with this. Wait, we this is a tangent. We should try to link up with that other gay gaming podcast that followed us. Rainbow Road? Yeah, and see if like we could do like a sequel to something they've done or if they would do a sequel to something we've done. Like a crossover episode? That's a free plug for you, Rainbow Road. We know you're out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I I have one clarifying question. Um Mm-hmm. They all fall into the portal to go into the shadow realm, and then I have notes about the fight, but I don't actually have what sparks the fight. Maxwell lies to them. He reveals that he's been lying to them this whole time and basically antagonizes them into fighting him. Because oh, he... so it's just like he mm-hmm. just wants to fight? Maybe him attacking Abigail and wounding Abigail could be like the inciting incident for the fight. And then, you know, we've set up that this entire time, um, Team A, the team with Winona, is, like, tied up in spider webbing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a nice callback could be that the way they esca- escaped this uh, spider webbing is that Woody is finally able to turn into a werebeaver. And he <laughs> breaks out of this webbing and uses his axe to break everyone else. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and then an important thing to note is that Wilson does stop them because he knows what Maxwell really wants. Sorry, again, the thing that Maxwell wants is just to have someone take over. He needs to be defeated in order to have someone take over for him. Yeah, because he just doesn't want to do this anymore. And that works out for him because he could just be like, yeah, I lied to you, now fight me. And they'll be all pissed (laughs) and they'll do it. And that yeah, battle rage is on it. for a while because Wilson's tied up in like a spider egg web. He can't say anything until like Woody gets it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then that's when Team A could interject. If we don't have any more to add to the movie, I think whenever Annika's ready, Hanukkah does the recap. <laughs> up on a scene where Winona has been looking for clues about her missing sister Charlie and she realizes that she can cause an accident in her factory that will lead her to be sucked into a portal. This portal will lead her to a place where she thinks that her sister is trapped. So she does this. Um, When she's sucked in, she is woken up by a robot named WX78 who for a brief moment gets possessed by the spirit of Charlie. She says the words, meet me in the dark. Um, And then WX-78 wakes up and he has no memory of this. From here, the robot introduces her to Wilson and Wilson kind of gives her an info dump on where they are and what's going on and who this character of 
Maxwell is, who is this uh, evil entity that they're kind of trying to avoid. At this point, they are attacked by a tree guardian and this bee team that is composed of Wendy and Abigail, Weber, Woody, Wickerbottom, and Wigfred show up and they help this our A team kind of defeat this tree guardian and for a brief moment all is well and these two groups have kind of merged and are helping each other out. They all get along at first and then our A team slowly realizes that our B team is actually working for Maxwell and they decide that they need to immediately leave this B team and get as far away from them as possible. So at this point the groups split apart and there's a bit of time where they're just kind of surviving, not starving, and competing for resources for many months. At this point, Charlie, who's been feeding information to Winona, tells her that Wickerbottom has discovered a ritual that will take the B team to Maxwell, and that our A team needs to sneak in first and stop the B team before they can actually get to Maxwell. We have a fun little stealth scene, like Ocean's 8 type, type shit. But unfortunately, our team is stopped by Weber, who finds them and descends on them with spiders and kind of balls them up and forces them to watch the ritual from afar. At this point, a giant portal opens up in the floor and sucks everyone into the Shadow Realm. At this point, Maxwell reveals that he's been lying to our B team, that he doesn't actually have any of the resources to bring back Abigail like he's been saying that he could this whole time and this causes so much anger within the group that they decide that they want to fight him and the fight begins when Maxwell first attacks Abigail. At this point in our A-team, Woody finally figures out how to turn into a were-beaver and he's able to release everyone from their netting and they actually join the fight. Charlie joins the team and she, seeing that Abigail is low, says that she's capable of actually saving Abigail and she convinces the group to allow her to actually jump inside of Abigail for a little bit and briefly absorb her form. Because of their joint power, they're able to bring Maxwell down to a really low point. Here, Wilson tries to get everyone to stop fighting because he wants to make sure that Maxwell isn't killed and he explains that Maxwell just wants someone to kill him so that someone else can be forced to take his place on the throne. And unless, you know, someone in the group wants that to happen to them, that they better not kill this guy. But Abigail doesn't listen. She kills Maxwell anyways. And then at this point, it's revealed that Charlie has actually been draining Abigail's life force this whole time. She's killed Abigail in the process and she turns into her evil shadowy self and in our final moments charlie decides to banish our group into a new dimension and the film ends yo we're not even close to two hours either i love this for me (laughs) (laughs) we should talk about high school musical more (laughs) hey listen guys this means we get to keep in all the talk about monster house are you happy ecstatic (laughs) (laughs) hey fans if you have pitches or ideas for video game movies email them to us we will read them on the show we'll read anything anything yeah (laughs) or tweet them at us at gamereal3 yes and our email is gamerealcast at gmail.com please send us emails (laughs) i've never wanted to eat an email more in my life
Alrighty, it's Guest Amanda speaking, and I just wanted to do a quick little plug for our great artist. Thanks to Chris Kirk for our theme song. His Twitter is at ComposerKirk, and his Bandcamp is at ComposerKirk.Bandcamp.com. And we'd like to thank Britt Sodasjurna for our album art. Her Twitter is at Artzoid. That is A-R-T-Z-Zero-I-D. Artzoid. Very hip and cool. She makes good art. And thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, this has been Game Real. I've been Annika. I've been Cassidy. I've been Matt. I've been Amanda, and I will continue to be Amanda. <laughs> <laughs>